community content from Concentrate. You're up and Adam with Adam Montiel. Friday, end of week number two. Thank you so much for being up and Adam. My name is Adam Montiel. Today we'll talk some holiday gift ideas from our friends at the General Store. Have you seen an article about this mystery dog respiratory disease? If you're a pet owner, it's probably got you freaked out. We will talk to a veterinarian on the show today and get all our questions answered. Judge Jarvis puts on his black robe and hits the bench for a really, really difficult case. Beautiful day today, sunny and nice, temps mild all across town in the low 60s. What do you say? Let's do some lo-fi headlines. Up and Adams, lo-fi headlines. So yesterday, we had the very first conversation with Brian Collins of Ember. Lots of great feedback on the conversation. I highly recommend if you ever love that place or love food or love just cool people. He's a great guy. Listen to the conversation. Check it out. It was yesterday's episode. I didn't really want to get into who's going to buy it because the conversation was really about him. And I purposefully didn't even really ask that. I saw the Tribune in their article that came out after said they're not mentioning it until later next year. So I guess it made sense that I didn't ask that. But I do know that there's a lot of rumor going around swirling and swirling about who is owning it. And one of the people who I saw, I think on like a Central Coast Foodies page on Facebook was that Chris Shackleford, who's the owner of Trelio, also is the chef down here at Dolphin Bay, might have been the one that purchased it. I texted him, it is not true, it is a rumor. He said his phone has been inundated over the last couple weeks with people thinking he is the one who bought the restaurant, he is not. So we can squash that one right now. Okay, an update on our Name One Woman Challenge. Remember that yesterday I told you it was a new viral thing going on on TikTok? Uh, Ladies are asking their guys, hey honey, name one woman. And they're recording them and (laughs) they don't say them. You know, drama ensues. I got a really funny text from, gosh, where is it? A really funny text from Josh Clapper, who we had on the show just a couple days ago. So he's been listening to the podcast. He texts me. He says, I just got slapped in the face because my wife told me to name a woman. I just had started the episode when I had to stop listening, dude. Pretty funny. I said, well, what name did you say? He goes, Janelle. I'm like, what the Who's Janelle? She's a wine club member, very sweet. So anyway, I tried to flip the script a little bit and I told Lady I Fancy, I said, name one man. And she just looked at me, it's like, we're driving back from the park. I'm like, name one man. Name one man. George Washington. George Washington. She's so cute, she's like, why? I guess you can't really get mad at that. All right, so. Everyone just kind of takes their own approach with the Name One Woman Challenge. And there you go. You can, gentlemen, you can flip the script on your lady. Okay, there has been articles floating around the last couple weeks about a mystery dog respiratory illness. And what's problematic about this is they don't know what it is. They don't know if it's new, it's old, what it is. Some dogs are, you know, it's, it's getting into like pneumonia. Where is it coming from? And dogs are dying. Now, it's not crazy yet, but when you see something that you don't know, you're like, what's going on? So we wanted to find out what's going on. So to do that, we got a veterinarian, Joel Kahn. Dr. Kahn uh, owns the Pismo Beach Veterinary Clinic. 
These guys are masters at what they do, highly respected. I respect them greatly. And I just love that I'm able to text him and get him on to answer some of these questions right now. If you got a pet, listen up. Dr. Khan, thank you so much for being up and at him. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. It is great to talk to you. I just have so much respect for you, your team over there at Pismo Beach Veterinary Clinic. You have been instrumental with uh, dogs that have meant a lot to me. Of course, Allie, uh, I have Georgie now. You got to meet Georgie. You would get a kick out of this one. Now, I wanted to bring you on because I wanted to talk to you about this respiratory illness that I keep reading about. And, you know, our dogs are like our kids. And when you read about something like this, and you're like, well, God, maybe my dog shouldn't go to doggy daycare. Or, you know, maybe we're just, I mean, we're, we're literally over here thinking of canceling our grooming appointment with the dog because of this article and the many we've seen the last couple months about some mystery respiratory illness in dogs that's leading to pneumonia. What do you know as a vet? What can you tell us? And can you abate some of our concerns? And what do we know now? Yeah, so I think number one is is not to panic. Um, so we actually, we don't know a lot. Um, there's not a, a ton of hard data out there. What we're hearing is a lot of media hype and a lot of uh, fear and a lot of that's been propagated on social media. But the reality is the, the data is quite sparse. Um, first of all, the cases are pretty rare and pretty isolated. So there's been cases in multiple states uh, across the country and only a few in California that have sort of been officially documented. We think we've seen a couple in San Luis Obispo County, but it's it's almost impossible to confirm that. But the first thing is don't panic. It's, it's actually quite rare. And what we don't really know is, is this some sort of a new bacteria or virus is, um, you know, kind of are these just unconnected and sort of random sporadic local outbreaks? Or is this actually just a kind of a normal, you know, increase in our baseline activity that we see with respiratory disease in dogs? And we think it probably or possibly is is the last one, is that it's actually not uh, a really a brand new thing. We're just seeing um, kind of an increase in our baseline disease. How often in your journals, in the trades that you're reading in your industry, do you see a respiratory illness that catches this much either media hype, conversation, that catches on like this? Well, we see it pretty often. I mean, I think there's been a trend um, where, you know, these outbreaks are documented every couple of years. And, you know, the most recent documented outbreaks have been uh, kind of confirmed cases of canine influenza, right? You've probably heard of that, and there's that, there's now a vaccine for that. The last time we saw a really major outbreak break in that disease was about two to three years ago, and it was mostly isolated to L.A. County and, and the Bay Area. We saw very few cases here. So we see this kind of um, ebb and flow of these sort of pen and outbreaks, and most of the time they're quite overblown. Uh, and the reality is the risk is, you know, pretty small to our local population. So as I'm walking the dog around Meadow Park, I don't need to have the N95 wrapped around his face, no? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend that. Um, not like and I think if that. you're worried. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think if you're worried, then obviously the way to avoid, you know, increased risk is to avoid contact with large numbers of strange dogs. Um, you know, so kennels and, you know, dog parks and things like that are going to maybe be higher risk areas. But the reality is the risk is still extremely low. Um, and in any of those places, there's always a risk of respiratory disease, what we commonly refer to as kennel cough. You just like sending your kids to school, sometimes your kids will come home with a snuffly nose and a cough 
And 99% of the time, these are self-limiting, meaning they get better on their own with or without your veterinarian's help. And the signs are, are generally mild, uh, but they are fairly contagious. And so they can be passed from dog to dog. Would you cancel grooming appointments because of this? I wouldn't. I would not. I think the risk is is pretty low. And, you know, it's always about your risk tolerance, right? You know, there's there's a risk and a benefit to anything we do in life. And we have to kind of make those judgments based on what we know, based on what the data supports with this particular disease. You know, the, the risk is extremely low. And even dogs that, you know, we think may be affected by this typically recover and, and do well. So not even um, just know, grooming without, appointments, you know, aggressive treatment, doggy daycare, none of those things. You wouldn't, if you had a dog that was embarking in these activities, you wouldn't think like normal life, normal life. I would live life normally. Yeah. That's right. So what I would do is exercise some common sense, right? So if you are seeing symptoms, don't ignore them. Coughing, runny nose, red eyes, lethargy particularly if those symptoms progress over a day or two and, and you're seeing a, you know, a sick dog. Our typical dog with kennel cough is a dog that feels fine, that's eating normally, that has normal energy, but just has a cough and a, you know, maybe a runny nose or runny eyes. Dr. Joel Kahn is a veterinary Pismo Beach Veterinary Clinic. He is a legend. I, he has just been there for me. He has been there for my pets. I trust him and his team so much. We're going to talk about how you are one of the only vets or the only vet that, do, that does something locally in just a second. But first, you need to settle an argument with my fiance and I. She wants to go down the okay. she wants to go down the path of making food for the dog. Like what, okay. what, what dog yeah. wants dry food? I'm like, well, this is the, the science is in the dry food. And she goes, no, but think of what you feel yeah. when you eat crap food. I'm like, well, we're not, we're humans. They're dogs. And she's like, we can make, and I know they make like enzymes you could put on the food. Do you recommend people? And just like, I mean, is it sustainable? Like, where do you go on vacation? Are you making your dog food? Do you recommend people make food for their dog? And what do you tell people who ask you this? Generally speaking, I don't recommend it. So, you know, these, these pet food companies have literally spent billions of dollars on the science and research that goes behind, you know, proper nutrition for your dog. And keep in mind, your dog is eating more or less the same thing day in and day out. So if there are nutritional deficiencies in that diet, those are going to be magnified over time. And so with home-cooked diets, we see this, first of all, even if it's made, even if the recipe is formulated by a veterinary nutritionist, we see a phenomenon called recipe drift. It really just means that over time, we're a little less careful measuring out each ingredient and kind of, you know, being as methodical and thorough with putting that diet together as we should be. And so over time, that can lead to nutritional deficiency. So that's one of the issues. The other issue is that most people don't actually work with a nutritionist and they just kind of cook for their dog. And that is going to be a problem because you're going to find that most of those diets are very deficient in nutrients. It's not easy to make a balanced food, you know, for even for a human. But because people eat different things every day and we get a lot of variety in our diet, you know, any little deficiency from one meal to the next is going to be hopefully kind of uh, made up for. In dog food, you know, we don't have that ability. So I'm a big fan of commercial dog food diets. I think stick with a, you know, good quality name brand food. We also see an, a dramatic increase in food poisoning with home-cooked diets. So food poisoning has been shown to go up to about 400% in home-cooked diets. And these are not even raw diets necessarily. So I think there's a lot of downsides to home cooking All right, probably avoid. No, I totally yeah. get it. We got Joel Kahn here. Uh, he has the Pismo Beach Veterinary Clinic. Dr. Joel Kahn is uh, the only place I know of 
locally within like almost a hundred mile radius that does what they call love spay. It's a laparoscopic procedure to spay your dog. And from what I understand, the medicine, it's highly technologically advanced because we have taken pain down on the dog as well as recovery time down on the dog for these necessary procedures. That's right. It's one of my favorite things to talk about because Adam, it is so cool. We enjoy, we actually enjoy doing the procedure because of it's a fun procedure to do. It's so quick and the pets do awesome and the owners are thrilled. So basically, uh, you know, it's just like any laparoscopic uh, procedure in human medicine, which is basically the use of a camera and very, very small kind of micro instruments to perform, you know, what would otherwise be an open of surgery. So in the case of a love spay, that stands for laparoscopic ovaryectomy, which is removal of the ovaries, which is what a spay is. Uh, in the case of a love spay, we make these two five millimeter incisions. So think about that, less than a dime sized incision on the dog's belly. We go in with our camera and because of the way that we uh, approach the surgery, we reduce pain by almost 60%. Uh, and what's more important is, you know, these guys have these little tiny incisions with, you know, a little bit of glue on the surface, you know, no stitches for them to nag at. These dogs are back at the park in two to three days Wow. versus a conventional spay is a 10 to 14 day recovery. Yeah, where they're, it's wearing, so cool. they're wearing the lampshade for two weeks. That's no fun. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So we really have, have loved it. We introduced it almost two years ago and we don't do conventional spays anymore. We really consider this to be the standard of care. Love Spay. Ask them about it when you uh, check in with the Pismo Beach Veterinary Clinic. They're right there on price. They do great work. And uh, I remember, gosh, you know, like I said, I had that lab, got into a, a bottle of Rimadol one time and Dr. Hennessy saved her life. You were there all the way up until the end with me. I just love the heart that you guys have is really second to none. And Joel, you know, I love you, man. So thank you so much, Dr. Khan, for spending some time on the new show, being up and at him and for the good work you do for our Central Coast animals. Hey, I appreciate it. And just parting thoughts when it comes to this uh, atypical canine infectious respiratory disease. I think talk to your vet. Don't panic. You know, there's a lot of misinformation out there. Talk to your vet. They're going to be a good source of information. And if you're worried, you know, if you're seeing symptoms, don't ignore them. You know, take take care of your your, your dog. Appreciate you always. And uh, let me know whenever you want to come on for something. And I love having you a, a text away to educate listeners on things with their pets because we love our pets so much. Appreciate you, Adam. See, that helped. A conversation like that helps. I mean, you're a pet owner. You know, you're just like, what, what, what does this mean? And you got the New York Times and all these articles, the headline, what the mystery canine illness means for your dog. And the answer is likely nothing. Likely nothing. So be smart. Depending on your risk aversion, there's not much risk to it at all. Not much risk at all. Thank you, Dr. Joel Kahn. Also, much thanks to our friends at McClintock's, the place to be since 1973, 50 years, McClintock's, uh, gosh, the steakhouse, the saloon, the products, the whiskey, the F. McClintock's Recipe 15, it's their collab with Maker's Mark. Also, the 50th anniversary FMC beans are going to be in a can and on shelves early 24. Have those incredible beans you've been having at the restaurant for 50 years right on your kitchen table, McClintock's.com for more. And thank you for being Up and Adam. Up and Adam's Lo-Fi Headlines. All right, moving along on a Friday. I see cases and I read about them. And sometimes I want, you know, a sound professional opinion like a lawyer or uh, an expert. You know what I mean? But sometimes you have a case and you just got to give it to Judge Jarvis instead. This one is a doozy. We're going to read you this case. But let's, are we all sworn in? Are we good to go? 
Let's bring in Judge Jarvis. Please all rise. The Honorable Judge Jarvis presiding. All right, you may all be seated. Judge Jarvis presiding. Your Honor, how are doings? Always good, always good. Getting ready to do a little work shift here in a little bit. Okay, well, glad we caught you. All right, listen, so this is a crazy story. I remember hearing this several months back when this happened. I feel like this is less than a year old. And the headline, grieving South Carolina groom whose bride was killed hours after their wedding battles mother-in-law over her estate. So this couple was married. Lisa Miller, the groom whose bride was killed by a South Carolina suspected drunk driver on their wedding night is now embattled in a legal fight with his mother-in-law over control of his deceased wife's estate. Lisa Miller, mother of the 34-year-old Samantha Miller, is even contesting the hours-old marriage between her daughter and Eric Hutchinson. The bride was killed in April when their golf cart was struck as they left their Folly Beach wedding reception, like right after it happened. The gal who they arrested, 25-year-old, says she drank a shot of tequila and had a beer about an hour before this horrifying collision. She allegedly slammed uh, a gray Toyota rental into the couple's golf cart while traveling 65 miles an hour, twice the legal limit on the island near Charleston where they were. So months after the tragedy, mother-in-law filed a petition to remove husband as the personal representative of her daughter's estate. She claims her daughter would have wanted her to get a share of the inheritance. Quote, this is from mom. Eric and I agreed several times that Sam would want us to do everything together, given we were the most two most important people in her life. I never wanted to challenge the validity of the marriage. I never wanted to dishonor Sam, but I feel like Eric is dishonoring my daughter in going against her wishes. The husband's attorney told the paper that his client has been more generous with his mother-in-law than he even needs to be. She has repaid him by threatening to bring a frivolous challenge to the validity of his marriage to Sam. One would hope that Miss Miller would have had too much respect for her own daughter to do that. His lawyers say that he has offered Miller half of any recovery in any wrongful death suit. Not even like, it doesn't seem like he would even need to do that. The lawyer says in the in the claim that he doesn't have any obligation to even do this. He's just doing it to be nice. Uh, Miller's attorney said her main reason to intervene is to protect the estate of Samantha Miller and all of its rightful heirs. There is no reason to rush the process and cloak it in secrecy. This was a money grab from minute one. I mean, money grab, that's just harsh. This is the man your daughter chose to marry. Uh, This gal charged with a DUI, charged with reckless vehicular manslaughter, three counts of felony driving under the influence, a wrongful death suit names her, and four bars accused of over-serving this gal on the night she allegedly drove drunk. Now, where do we think about this mother-in-law who's doing this right now? This is wild, right? Yeah, she sounds like a problem. I think if... uh... If the daughter-in-law wanted her to have anything, then that would have been already written out right after they got married. You know what I mean? Like, when you get married to somebody, that means you you split in half your life with that person. Now, whether the mother-in-law likes it or not, it's not really up to her. I mean, at that point, it's a matter of legal, legalese. You know what I mean? So I think she sounds like a, a Karen. She's doing too much. Now, when you get married, that changes like your next of kin becomes your spouse. So if something happens to this girl, literally her husband is that next of kin. It is no longer the the mother. We grew out of that. That's the whole purpose of 
of how this all works. Yeah, I don't I don't know what kind of legal ground she has to stand on. I don't even know why she's pushing any of this stuff. Like, and and as far as like, I don't know the background. You know what I mean? But I don't care if we are married for five minutes. If we've been together for 14 years previous to the five minutes that we are married, then let's not be dumb about it. You know what I mean? Obviously, we don't have that type of information in the story, but they they make it sound as if they met each other on Tuesday and got married on Wednesday and they were only married for five minutes so it just shouldn't count like I don't I don't believe that that's the case because that's not usually how it happens but I, I would believe that these people have been together for years and and share a deeper bond than this five minute marriage is I think she's trying to stand on the fact that they was only married for X amount of time which in the whole scope of everything that might not really be what the situation is you know what i mean yeah to me it doesn't matter you know even if it was five minutes i mean if if you're if you make that decision and you do it then you do it i feel like when people die there are like certain attorneys that will swarm over them we've seen that locally here with like a couple different cases where the, the people a family member has someone who passes away because of a really unfortunate circumstance and then a lawyer swarms over them and says hey guess what you can get some money for this and then they go oh real oh it oh it is their fault i should get money when it's like what i wonder if that's the the case here but this is making this woman who obviously is grieving the loss of her daughter i can't even imagine that it's turning her into a monster. I don't I don't see what kind of grounds this mother has to stand on at all. I mean, legally or morally. Like it doesn't really make any sense. She sounds like she's she's got her hand out. She sounds like she wants a piece of the estate. Cuz if you really cared about your daughter's wishes, then what your daughter decided to do was marry this man. So, if you really care about your daughter's wishes, I would think that you would honor that and give the guy his his due. Cuz that's what she decided when she married him. Yeah, true that. Well so, put. I mean, it sounds a little frivolous to me, but uh, like I said, I don't know the whole background, you know what I mean? But if we just rule in on, on the facts that I'm presented with, then uh, this lady's a biatch. <laughs> the gavel is down. Thanks for being up and at him, my man. Always, always. Million. What? Million. All rise. And thank you to the Honorable Judge Jarvis. Again, the sound legal parsings of Judge Jarvis. I mean, who puts it like that? Come on. Like, give me that. What, what was my favorite line of that? In the whole scope of everything, that might not really be what the situation is. You know what I mean? Oh, I do. I know what you mean. It's brilliant. He's brilliant. All right, coming up next week, I'm going to talk about Christmas lights. If you know of some just bomb Christmas lights somewhere in your neighborhood, in your community, in your city, let me know. Tag me in them, or you can go to adamontiel.com, hit the Stay Connected, and reach out. Let me know where they are. I love that 1902 Choro, that house with that white picket fence. We're going to talk to uh, the owner of that house coming up next week. His name is Wayne Terry. He does this house up big. It's pretty cool. So we'll talk to him all about that coming up next week. Speaking of holiday festivities, holiday shopping, if you have not started your holiday shopping, what's going on? You got to get on this. Jolie from the General Store is here to help us through what can be sometimes a stressful situation, especially if you're shopping for someone who you don't know what they want, someone who's already got it all anyway. Jolie from the General Store, what's going on? Thank you for being up and at them. Hi, this is so fun. Th we have loved so listening fun. to you. Oh, really? Oh my God, Thank you so much. 
Are you kidding? We had some guests in yesterday. They were buying a white elephant gift for a winery party. And they said, hey, we heard you on Up and Adam. And we're so excited for Adam. And it's just great to have a source for local everything. I love that. A source for local everything. Let me tell you something. I was having um, coffee with someone. And they were talking about hearing you on here. And they said, because they're a big fan of the store. And they're like, how do they get all the things that they get? Like, what is their process for curating? Where do they find all this stuff? It's top secret. I can't tell you all of our secrets, but right. no, it's um, it's funny. It's a combination of many, many things, and it takes all three of us. You know, in the past when we've talked on the radio, we used to have to really kind of rush it, and I would power through three things every time we chatted. I just want to talk about this one thing today as an example. So sometimes we find things in other shops or because we're looking for something that solves a problem, and I was in an adorable little shop, and I found these socks and I know that's not like earth shattering, but it's a company called Le Bon Shop. And these socks were so dreamy and I loved them so much. I brought them to Jill and Aaron. And I'm like, look at these socks. They make me feel like I'm in like a Nora Ephron movie at the beach, you know, watching <laughs> Keanu Reeves run down the beach towards me. They're so cozy and they just, they make you just want to sit on the couch and watch a movie. And they're like, maybe, because, you know, they range between 12 and $18. They're not inexpensive. And then I did a little more research on them and we brought them in and Adam, they sold out like within days and then we brought them in again sold out again and this company is one of those companies that i'm really proud to work with a company like this because they represent oh hi i'm i'm at the store sorry that's probably an order for paso almonds but i'll let someone grab it yeah. um <laughs> anyway so i sent you a picture did you get the picture i sent you these the, the socks? socks look really cute yeah laban shop so they yeah, they're they're the opposite of fast fashion. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's like creating all these inexpensive, super wasteful, trendy products that end up in the landfill. And these guys make timeless styles that will last for a really long time. And this is one thing I love about them. They only make what they make. When they run out, they make more. They do not try to just shove a bunch into the channel. They don't have sales. They don't email you every five minutes. They make what they make. And I think it's just a wonderful company and they're so cute. And everyone in my family is getting a pair. The Bond Shop. These are the girlfriend socks. I, you know, socks are one of those things like kind of underwear where if you spend a little bit more than just the straight mm -hmm. discount version of them, you're going to get what you pay for and you're going to get something that's comfy. And these things are on your feet all day long for crying out loud. Let them be comfy. It's true. And I, what I love too is like this idea of instead of like cranking through things is really invest in something that you're going to have for years. And these socks are those. And it's a very small thing in the grand scheme of the world, but it's contributing to a world where we're not, everything's not disposable. They aren't trying to be like, you know, influencer favorite sock. They're just trying to be themselves. They're just trying to be really good. That's They're out cool. of Los Angeles. And, and the question and we is, love them. So, the comfy factor, it's, it's on high or what? Oh my gosh. So I just went to Soul Tree up the street and got these new Birkenstocks that are like like the slide in cloggy types. And I have my scrunchie socks with them. And I thought, I'm just never, I'm just never gonna wear actual shoes again. And I'm gonna wear these forever. <laughs> and I'm just gonna just slop around my house in these and they're so comfy. And the ones I'm wearing today are called the Wallies. They're real thin, not real thin, but they're thinner. So I can wear them with boots and right. you know, running around doing stuff. Yeah. So I'll pull some aside for you and Lady You Fancy. I love that because this is these are great stocking stuffers. And these are gifts like this are ones that pay themselves off throughout the year because it'll be next May or next. November, and you're like, oh, you you still love those socks, hon? Oh my gosh, Adam, I wear them all the time. You know what I mean? So these are those instead kind of, of like gifts. that thing, yeah, the kind of thing that it's like I don't know, it's a gifty gift, and it's a thingy thing, and you don't use it, you don't eat it, you don't yeah. wear it. You like things that are useful and lovely, and these are definitely both of those things. Well, you know, so I'm I be... sent you some pictures from 
from the shop of some other useful, lovely things we have going on. But for right now, we're going to focus on the socks, and I hope you come in and try a pair on. I love Well, the, you try them on, you have to buy them. The, <laughs> the candles are cool. Now, of course, I mean, I have a whole African basket family here. You know, we go like parents, kids, extend. We have aunts and uncles. I mean, I got by the, our front door, they all pile into each other. We have so many African baskets. We just yeah. love it. So I sent you a picture of those, and I sent you a picture of these beautiful trees that are hand-carved by a local teacher. Those are beautiful. Uh, Paso High, uh, Jeff Mount, great teacher, and he makes these for us every year. And when they're gone, they're gone. That's so, so cool. That's what's happening in the shop today. A lot of great gift ideas, too. If you've got a gift basket you need, and I, I said this before, like for literally anyone, someone who's super close to you, don't want to get it wrong, or maybe someone who you just want to show a nice gesture to and, you know, you just want them to see that you you, you cared, uh, they can do it all. And they can do it all for any price, too. Hey, give me something for, you know, I got about 15, 20 bucks. Give me something for, I got 100 bucks for my boss or whatever it is. So you, they can, yep. the ladies of the general store can dial it in for you. Make sure you get your holiday shopping done. I love these holiday shopping shopping check-ins. Can't wait to chat with you next week. Jolie, General Store, 12th Street, downtown Paso, across the park. You are the bomb. Have a great weekend. You too. Thanks, Adam. Thank you so much to the ladies of the General Store for being up and at them. I love it. You know, I would do commercials with her on the radio. People would hear them and they would call me to do commercials similar to that, thinking I might have been the reason why those conversations were working. And I would tell them, no, Jolie is so enthusiastic and so authentically enthusiastic that, you know, a lot of times when clients want to do their own commercials, sometimes you just kind of like, you know, I don't know. I mean, we've all heard them, right? We've all heard the commercials on the radio or TV where the owner is like, come on. You know, and it's just like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But, man, she is so enthusiastic. I just love her and uh, the rest of the ladies at the general store. And thank you so much for your support and being up and at them. All right, before we get out of here, please check out adamonteal.com for the latest on our breaking and entering Christmas. We have the family up there. Like we said, seven-year-old boy, five-year-old girl. This family is dealing with a stage four cancer diagnosis. And I'll be honest, it is one of those situations, one of these holidays where this family is feeling in their heart, is this the last Christmas with the four of us, with this family of four that we created? That's heavy. That is tough. Go to adamontiel.com. Again, learn about the kids, learn about the parents. Reach out to me if you need anything, want to donate, cash, gift cards, a present for the kids based on their sizes. Maybe you want to learn about mom and dad. Check it out, adamontiel.com. Click on the Breaking and Entering Christmas tab. Also, don't forget, send me some leads on some of your favorite Christmas light spots in the county. We want to highlight those. And I don't know about you, but I am ready for the weekend. Thank you in advance. We'd love for you to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. My last review, even though he called me out on the show for not having a microwave. The last review of the show says, informative, fun, and smooth. Love the podcast, but heck, I'm his dad. Way to go, Adam. If that doesn't make you feel good, making dad proud, that's pretty darn cool. Thank you, dad. So please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you listen on Spotify, hit five stars and hit that notification bell and be aware every time a new episode comes out Monday through Friday. Thanks to our friend Dan Curcio and Moonshiner Collective for the original music on the show. And thanks to Full Cup Solutions for technical consideration. I'm your host, Adam Montiel. Go to adamontiel.com. Again, the latest on our breaking in during Christmas and everything else. And thank you for listening this week and for being up and Adam. Have a great weekend. Some say life is where it begins. 
Start again. Let's start again. Let's start again. 